the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, And he designed to reconcile to God both Jew and Gentile united in a single body by means of his cross, thereby killing the mutual enmity and bringing the feud to an end. We said that Jesus was our place of reconciliation. That we were reconciled through him to all things. A place of reconciliation where all things have purpose and meaning in him. But apart from him, they have only meaning in terms of whether we judge them to be good or bad. And how many of us have suffered with our judgments? We said that Jesus was the place of reconciliation and we were reconciled to God through him. God designed to reconcile us in Christ, to reconcile the division between man and God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. When we live out of, union, out of our union with Christ, that reconciliation becomes a ministry to the world. We are no longer part of the problem. We become a demonstration of the answer. The world needs reconciliation. They are at war and at odds with every area of their being. The fight rages onward to find some place where they can literally be accepted, brought to peace. They refuse, many refuse to do it with Jesus. They're going to try to do it with politics. They're going to try to do it with religion. They're going to try to do it with all of the different things the world offers. But have we seen any answers there? There's no reconciliation there. Abundant life is not our reconciliation to this world. Abundant life is our reconciliation through Jesus to God. Sinful man, however, was separated from and hostile toward God and needed to be reconciled to Him. Remember, God never needed to reconcile Himself to us because He never hated us. Now, you know what? 
that doesn't sound like much of a revelation, but it really is when you think about it. Because most of our issues with God come from the standpoint of this deception that God is somehow withdrawing from us. That God somehow doesn't want to be with us or that, that we have finally blown it and, and He's had enough and stomped out of the room. The truth is that God has never hated us. We have been His special love creation. Even the lost man was created for the very purpose of being loved by Him. He just will never choose it. It is a message of reconciliation. This message must be renewed in our minds in order for us to walk in the Spirit. We must recognize our union with Christ and that He has destroyed every obstacle between us and God. It is impossible for you to walk in the truth if you still allow yourself to emotionally or mentally hold on to the idea that somehow you and God are apart from one another. You can't walk in truth and believe you're separated from God. Now, you will live in truth because that's where you are. But to walk in truth is something different. When you walk in truth, you walk in the ever-presence of God. You recognize everything in relationship to Him. And when you do that, then the world's not such a scary place. Because you recognize how much bigger your God is than the world and that everything has purpose. Your life begins to have purpose. And truth becomes the fruit of your life. The enemy seeks to divide us. But here's the truth. The enemy can divide you on any point save one. Jesus. That's the only point he can't divide you on. He can divide you on doctrine. He can divide you on religious belief. He can divide you on the way you look. He can divide you on the color of your hair. He can divide you on the color of your eyes. He can divide you on anything except Jesus. There is no division in him. Typically, when you find a group that is divided, you'll find they're divided on issues that are not in regard to him. We are commanded to walk in righteousness, to be in the world but not of the world, to avoid the very appearance of evil, to guard our hearts and our minds with truth. These things will set us apart in our perspective and should in our behavior. The truth is, child of God, that you're a vessel through which God demonstrates his character, which is love. And as we talked last week, there is no excuse not to love. Who is love? God is. Who is your life? God is. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for you to separate yourself and say that I will not love. Now, you can separate yourself for a lot of reasons, but you never have any excuse not to love. We love what He loves and we hate what He hates, but that is never people. God hates sin. And while sin has distorted the character of man, it has never it has never changed the heart of God towards man. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows clearly, proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. He loves us all. Now we move to Ephesians 2.17 and he says, And he came and preached the glad tidings of peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. Now remember, there are only two types of people in the world. From the biblical perspective, from where we are in Ephesians, there are only two types of people in the world. So when he talks about Jews and Gentiles, he's covering the whole world. 
This is every man. There's Jew and there's Gentile. And those who were near, they were near in, their, in, their, in the sense that they had a covenant with God, that would be the Jewish people. And those who were afar off, using the King James term, afar, were the Gentiles. The majority of us in this room are Gentiles. We were afar off. So when he says, for those who are near and those who are far off, he is clearly covering everyone. And he says, he came in and preached the good tidings of forgiveness and union to all men, both Jew and Gentile. The message of peace through the shed blood of Christ with God for all men. In Christ who is our peace, we have been brought near. Now here's the thing. Him coming and preaching peace is not just the introduction of salvation to these men. For there is no peace apart from the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But peace must not just be preached once. This is the commitment of our God, that He comes and He preaches peace over our soul, moment by moment by moment, if we will hear and embrace the message. And the message is that He is our peace. He's not preaching a feeling to us. He's not preaching a place to us. He is preaching a person, which is Jesus Christ. He is our peace. I need that message more than just one time. I need that message every day, many times a day. Because the soul becomes a very confused and loud and noisy place when the mind, will, and emotion begins to take in all that this world speaks to it. The Savior walks in like He walked into the temple. He turns over the tables and says, You will not... He speaks to you, and He speaks to the world. You will not turn my Father's house into a den of thieves. It will not happen. This is not your territory. This is God's territory. That's what Jesus does. And He overturns all of the tables. And by His very presence, by taking out the distortion, by turning over all of the confusion and the lies that the world has propagated, all of the perspectives which are warped and twisted because they're out of, out of sync with truth, He turns them over and He stands in the middle of them and He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I speak peace, my presence unto you. Look at me, is what he's saying. Worship me in the center of who you are. Romans 5.8 But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us. Here's the thing about it. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. He came and He put Himself on the cross despite of our current position. Yet we have a hard time believing that He would enter into our situation when we are acting as Christians in sin. We have a hard time believing that He would enter into that situation and proclaim salvation unto us. Yet that's how we got here. Isn't it? Did anybody get saved with clean hands? No. The truth is salvation is the message for us moment by moment. He preached good tidings of forgiveness to all. You know, this is not different 
what he's basically saying when he says for those who are far off and, and those who are near, he's really talking about the same message that Peter was given in a vision on the rooftop in Acts 10. In Acts 10, 34 and 35, Peter Peter opened his mouth and said, Most certainly and thoroughly, I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality. He is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he who venerates and has reverential fear for God, treating him with worshipful obedience and living uprightly, is acceptable to him and sure of being received and welcomed by him. The, The message is that we need to quit looking for an excuse to divide that God has taken away all identity in the flesh, that we are one before Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 says, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from purely a human point of view in terms of natural standards or value. No, even though we did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of Him that we we know Him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if a person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether, and the old previous moral spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Listen. No more grounds for regarding men in the flesh. And where have you been divided with yourself and with others? Where has most of the conflict come from? And even Jesus says, you no longer regard me in the flesh. You have come to the truth of who I am. You can't cling to my flesh anymore. He told the apostles, I will be, I am here for a while, but in a little while you will see me no longer. Yet you will know me. What we know of Christ, we know much deeper and clearer than they could know when He walked in the flesh upon the earth. For we have His very being within our spirits. And when we walk in the truth that it is our identity, our union with Him is our identity, rather than attaching value to what we are on the outside, we are freed. It is deliverance. We no longer have to suffer trying to maintain that image. He says, peace, peace. Actually, the verse is a reference to another verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 57:19, and it says, "Peace, peace to him who is afar off, both Jew and Gentile, and to him who is near." Says the Lord, "I create the fruit of his lips, and I will heal him, make his lips blossom anew with speech in thankful praise." Peace, peace, not a piece of circumstances, not a piece of feel, but the person of. Christ, as declared in verse 14. He brings us the fruit of our lips. He puts it upon our mouth. He generates praise by virtue of the work that He does within us. This is a voice crying out or preaching peace to all men. As Christ is with God and in God, coexisting as one, so are we to live in that union of peace with Christ. I will create the fruit of His lips. The Spirit of God will bring forth the fruit of praise and thanksgiving. He creates it upon 
on our lips. Job 8.21 says, He will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with joyful shouting. Hebrews 13.15 says, Through Him, therefore let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. Isaiah also says, I will heal him. Father will heal the wounds that sin has inflicted. The thing we've got to remember is that we're never spiritually impaired. You know what that means? That we're never limited spiritually. That He has made available to us all that He is. That all that we are to receive, we can and will receive through Him. We have not damaged ourselves in such a way that we cannot be fulfilled in Christ. We are never spiritually impaired. We are whole and healed from our inmost being. Worship flows freely from our lips. From the vine within comes the fruit that we bear without. Ephesians 2.18 For it is through Him that we both, whether far off or near, now have an introduction or access by the Holy Spirit to the Father, so that we're able to approach Him. Through Him we have entered into a covenant relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. As we have passed through the cleansing, life-giving blood of Christ, we've dropped every fleshly distinction. There is no more Jew or Gentile, the weak and the strong, the beautiful and the ugly, the brilliant and the simple all stand together and receive the fullness of his love and acceptance. We have a gospel that is for every man. And I want to say something about that verse because I've often heard it quoted in prayer that we can enter in, we have access by the Holy Spirit to the Father. And what I want to point out is that if you're not careful, the inference can be made, and I've even heard it made, that we come into the presence of the Lord. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the heart behind that, but it does imply that there's a coming and going. Now what he's talking about here is that we enter in the reality of, we recognize that we are in the presence of the Lord. If you take it any other way, you get the idea that you kind of come in the door like you did here and enter into the services and then you go out again. The truth is, Christian, you don't come and go before the Lord. We've already read that we are seated with Him. But what we do come and go in is our, our recognition that we are before the Lord that's a constant thing with us we flow in and out of it and when we come in to recognize that we are in the presence of him and the fullness of what that means it, it, it makes a huge difference all I need to do you know I, I was counseling with a person the other day came in in total despair The world was completely upside down. Everything was horrible. It was not, there was no way that he could, that he could even see any hope on the horizon. And you know what? I'm not saying I did anything special because all I did was begin to talk about Jesus. And as I begin to talk about Jesus, and Jesus as His life, and Jesus as His hope, and Jesus as His salvation and His circumstance, as I begin to talk, you could almost see it lift off of Him. Now, He came in with Jesus. I didn't give Him Jesus. But you know what He did? He recognized Him. 
He turned his eyes off himself and he turned his eyes upon Jesus and looked full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth became strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Can you tell I was a music minister's son? But that's the truth. That is the truth of what happened. It's a matter of where we've got our eyes. Because, listen people, you fall out with God before you ever fall out with life. You want to know why you are where you are? If it's a place of despair, you fell out with God long before you fell out with life. What do I mean by that? you got your eyes on something other than Jesus. When you enter into the presence of God, recognize what, what significance that has. When you, when you recognize that you are in the presence of God, realize that it is a fulfillment of everything that God says about you as a Christian. You wouldn't be there otherwise. I love the little bookmark that my mother gave me. This is a declaration of what you should realize in the presence of God. I am loved, John 13:34. I am holy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. I am alive in Christ, Romans 8 verse 10. I am righteous, 2 Corinthians 5:21. I am justified, Romans 5:1. I am the temple of the living God, 2 Corinthians 6:16. 6, I am a child of God, 2 Corinthians 6 18. I am God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.1. And I am a saint, Ephesians 1.1. You recognize that. That is your presence before the Lord. That's who you are. You want to lift your spirits into truth? You want to be able to face the hardships of life? If you want to walk with victory, recognize that you're standing in the presence of God. That what is going on around you has purpose, but does never change who you are. And stand in the truth of what God says about you. Ephesians 2.19 Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens excluded from the rights of citizens. But you share citizenships with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. You belong to God's own household. Therefore, you are no longer, he is reminding you, that you no longer have an identity in the flesh. You've been freed. I brought this up before. The Holy Spirit will make you aware when you're taking on an identity or when you're taking on an image. The Holy Spirit will make you aware. And it's at that point that you either embrace the image or embrace Him. But the temptation is to prop up the image. And here's the thing. Wherever you hold your image is where you are vulnerable. It is where you're being injured. It is where the cancer is setting in. To whatever degree you hold an image, you are going to get injured. It's going to happen. Every one of us has done it. I want to believe that I'm a good father, and I hold on to that image, and I do everything to be a good father. That I go to, I go to all the parenting seminars. I watch all the dots and videos. I do everything that I can do to be a good father, and I walk with that image under my arm. How long does it take for that image to get crushed? But all it takes is one of my kids to put on a bad scene in front of one of y'all, and they're ruining my image. I'm not mad at what they're doing. I'm mad about my image. 
we wear ourselves out, both protecting and holding and creating and putting so much into it. And I'm going to tell you what, that God is allowing this world to destroy all the images. And you know what? The Christian is as bad as the lost man. As soon as someone meets you, what are they doing? They're looking to see what image you're holding. Because they've got to compare it to their own. And if it's threatening, they've got to tear yours down. So to whatever degree you're holding on to that image, they're going to begin to look for a way to move you with it. And if you've got one, they can move you. You think you're a great mother, they just attack your ability to mother. You think that you're a great businessman, all it takes is your boss to come in and tell you what a fool you've been. You think that you're a great teacher, all it takes is one parent to come in and tell you how you've ruined their child. And you're undone. You're completely undone. And you come crying before the Lord. Lord, how could you allow this to happen? And in his mind, you know what you're saying? How could you allow my image to get damaged? I've taken such good care of it. I've spent so much money propping it up and dressing it. I've been protecting it so well. And you allow this woman or this man to come in and just crush my image. How can you do that, Lord? I've been a good Christian. And God says, like he said to Moses, throw it down. Embrace the truth of who you are. Embrace me. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.